You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. This time for the Geeks Pub, I'm Tim Robertson. I'm joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Nice day here. Yeah, it's uh, chilly here, but it's October, so it's supposed to be chilly here, but it's not supposed to be a nice day there. It's October. Yeah, it's supposed to be chilly here as well, but <laughs> instead it's a nice day. What are you going to do? Mm. The world is great, changing. All the time, right? Yep. Yep. So I am uh, planning out, you know, I, we like to do some things, you know, go out and do stuff. Um, and I just found a cool Detroit retro video game show in November that I'm going to take Cole to. Excellent. Uh, it's November how, how, 4th, though. I don't know if that's a Saturday. If that's a Saturday, I'm going to have to take the Saturday off. Yeah. Alexander yesterday went with some of his friends to... Um, there's a place... It's about six miles from here that there's like a big old cotton mill that's been filled up with arcade machines. Oh, that's and it's cool. very like, very like Galloping Ghost. Yep. Um, which is the, you know, the, the retro arcade we went to when we were in Chicago that time. Yeah. Um, and he said it's not quite as big as Galloping Ghost, but it's the same concept. You pay yeah. a single fee, and then you get to play as long as you want. He had a lot, he had a lot of fun. Well, this is a show. This is like a convention that you can buy right. stuff. Yeah. I've been getting that bug lately again, kind of missing the retro stuff. Yeah. Or, but not the common stuff. I want, if I'm going to get something at a show like this, I'm going to get something that I don't see very often. Yeah. You know, something different. What that is, I have no idea until I see it. So you have, yeah. And that's the problem. It's when I see it. Um, last episode, I talked about the gaming PC that I got. Yeah. And I really haven't had much of a... I've had the chance. I just haven't done it. Set it up with the virtual pinball. But Cole's been using it like crazy. Mm. What's he, he been playing? I don't know. I have no idea. He's joining the esports team at school. They right. haven't started that yet. But one of them, I think I talked about this, is on PC, and he didn't have a gaming PC, so here yeah. we go. Um, eventually, when I get around to it, which is probably be never, but who knows, um, I'm going to set it up. So I'll hook it up with an HDMI splitter so I can run it to the TV in the living room where the computer's sitting right now. And then pretty far away to the to the uh, pinball machine yeah and then i could just reboot into the virtual pinball version and then play it there and then reboot so he can do his stuff in the because I, I bought him a little uh lap desk you know one of those it's like a yeah uh kind of velour it's like a TV, tv dinner tray yes but it sits on your lap yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he i surprised be- him with it mm-hmm and it's got the thing for a mouse pad and everything. It's it's actually kind of nice, and he really likes it. He he also uses it when he's eating in there. But you know, yep. I keep I keep telling him don't put the keyboard on there until you clean the tray. I don't want a bunch of food stuff in the keyboard. I know, but telling telling kids what to do. So Alexander bought AirPods, and um, he used to have the Amazon Echo Buds. And one of them stopped working because he walked around most of the day with just one in rather than both of them. So, of course, the one he always used eventually broke because the battery wore out. So he bought AirPods. And I said, look, with the AirPods, you don't need to wear just one because they have the transparency mode. Yep. Um, And so you can hear what's going around you. And yet they will still cut out the noise when you listen to music. He still wears one. And I said, I go, look, there's a... Like four, literally four times the cost of the Amazon Buds. You don't want to wear one of those out. Well, then, he, then I see him the next time. He just won in again. It, I mean, what are you, you going to do? What do you do? Um, this popped up in I don't know where I found this originally. Um, you've never read it, but there was this comic book called Fables. Uh, it was written by Bill Willington, Willingham, and it's basically taking public domain type of characters, Snow White and um, stuff like that. You know, the, the Wolfman mm-hmm. and stuff that anybody could write about. And he created a, a comic book series around it. And it was really, really well done. I mean, the, the writing was first rate. The art was great. And... You know, he pretty much owns these stories. Now, you you can't own those characters, but you can own the stories. 
And when he was publishing them, he was using DC. Well, he had a big spat with DC. I mean, a big right. spat. And so he decided to release all of his stories and the universe he created in Fables to the public domain. And DC basically came out and said, oh, no, they own it all. Which is not true. Which, but which is, which is what they would do, because lawyers... Yep. And but, I find it interesting that he would go this route in a dispute. Say, you know what? If you're going to give me shit, I'm just releasing it to the public domain. And there's really, from a legal standpoint, nothing that DC can do to stop that. So this is, uh, this is kind of what Taylor Swift has done with her music, where she wasn't happy with the the terms that um, that allowed the music that she'd recorded, her first five albums, to be um, owned by somebody else who she didn't agree with, the CR to I. And effectively, she owns the songs, because she wrote the songs, but she doesn't own those recordings. And so what she has done is to... Um, the, legally, there's nothing she can do, so she's gone and re-recorded all the music. And yep. now she... She has her own versions, and obviously what she will do is anybody who wants to reuse that music, cover it, or use it in ads, or commercialise it in any way, then far more likely to go to her versions, which she controls, rather than the um, for the versions that were recorded when she was earlier in her career. Um, and this is a similar sort of thing. He can't control what DC does with the particular stories and artworks and comics that, that, he, that he created with them, but by releasing the material to the public domain, that means anybody can use those stories um, and characters that he created for, the, for, for new stories, and that debases the value of what DC owns, which yep. is kind of what he wants to do, is, which is stick it to him, because he doesn't agree with what they're doing. I think that um, this is a, a rare time in history where the creators seem to have, I don't want to say more power or even equal, but a lot more than they ever have in the past. So, to me, I think it's because um, creators now don't... The publishers have always been a gatekeeper. And now that's been taken away because, hey, the internet. People can reach their audiences directly, and that allows them to do these sort of things where historically they wouldn't have done... I mean, let's let's go back 20 years, and if uh, Bill Willingham wanted to do this, he would have had to found another publisher who would have been prepared to go to court with DC for the rights to this, yeah, and um, he just probably wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to do that. And also, putting stuff in the public domain twenty years ago was less powerful because most people wouldn't have known about it, wouldn't have known what to do with it, wouldn't have been able to publish their own stuff because no publisher would, would have touched it with a barge pole. Now it's all a lot easier. Exactly. It's. Uh... But I, I do find it interesting because reading the story, um, and this is his story he wrote this blog post explaining all of this he absolutely worked his backside off to try and accommodate dc and these people and come yes. to decent deals with them you know he offered them all sorts of things they were that they they were uh, you know really what he thought were great compromises that he was happy to live, live with and would give them the majority of the control but because the media empire's attitude is no we just own it all and we don't care what you say because we just own it all he couldn't get anywhere. Well, and the, he couldn't get anywhere with the new regime, and that's part yeah. of the issue as well. The original regime that he was working with were actually very accommodating. Yeah. They they were in agreement with him, and then they and, got uh, ousted, yeah. and then, boom, here we yeah. go. And the new people have multiple times broken promises, broken contracts, not yep. paid in for things, made him have to go to court to get paid for things that he was contractually obliged to. So uh, I'm not surprised he's got no time for them anymore. I don't blame um, him a bit. But, you know, this is... I, th- I think some of the media companies are going to need to accommodate this. You know, we've just had the writer's strike. We've still got the actor's strike going on. And, you know, the media companies need to recognise that they are not the be-all and end-all anymore. They can't act as the gatekeepers. Because eventually enough creatives can go away and start doing their own thing and not involve these people at all. Yeah, the only thing that the gatekeepers are good at and sometimes not even that is getting the word out initially but yeah the internet's changing all that as well um let's be honest taylor well, swift wouldn't be taylor swift if it wasn't for those record companies helping her initially um, that's true she wouldn't be as but, big as she is 
but there's plenty of artists today who have basically become artists because they started out on social media correct so that is changing too and yeah don't, don't get me wrong yeah she when she started she was what like 17 if she hadn't had if she hadn't been signed then she she never would have had a career correct but the problem is is the the media companies exploit the fact that these artists are desperate 100 to get into the industry to give them deeply restrictive contracts um and um that's really really hard and and the problem they have with taylor swift is not only is she somebody who who, unlike many of these artists you you know she's writing her all her material herself but secondly she apparently is is a pretty savvy businesswoman and um you know knows what she's got and knows how to exploit it and you know the the, the stories in the media and all of that are all part of that right i'm not a big taylor swift fan as far as her her content her music it's i guess it's okay it's not geared towards me though yeah um but i respect the hell out of her is what she's doing from a business standpoint and a marketing standpoint you cannot deny you know her success and it's because of her it's not a team behind her it's her um and she always seems to stand up for the right things too which is you know i hope she stays like that you know what i mean yeah yeah, she because she pulled her music from Spotify for a while because she wasn't happy with the the rates that artists get. Um, yeah, she does seem to. She certainly likes. Obviously, the cynical people say, "Oh, well, she likes to present herself like this, that, and the other." Who knows what what people are really like? But uh, sometimes, if you've got a platform and you'll seem to be doing the right thing, um, then that's great. Even if even if it's all a sham, at least you're still putting it out there. You know, absolutely. And I, I'm not suggesting it is a sham. Before I get attacked by the Swifties. No, I think she's genuine. I will say that. I think she's genuine. I think she's a very genuine person and has stardom changed her? Well, who knows? Because she became a star at such a young age, but she's doing the right things with it. And I respect the hell out of her. I mean, I respect her way more than someone like, say, Madonna, you know, who was that person when we were growing up. I mean, that lady went off to the frickin' deep end. She's cuckoo. (laughs) You know, she is not right. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, she she got mad because people were attacking her appearance. Well, I'm sorry when when you built your career around your appearance, and then you come out and you look like a wax doll and a bad one at that. Uh, you you don't get to complain that they're attacking you for your appearance. You don't. Yeah, exactly. You you gave up that right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but no, I I respect the hell out of what he's doing. I understand when you own your own content. You can do whatever you want with it, which is one of the small problems I had in the past when I was doing, say, OWC Radio. It was the one yep. and only time that I was creating content where the content was me, just me, but somebody mm. else owns it. That always yep. bothered me a little bit. Now, I didn't give them a half-assed you know, podcast. I think I did a really good job. In fact, I probably put more effort into that show than I ever did my own stuff because... Someone's paying me to do it. Yeah. But I, I still, at the end of the day, when I left that company, and I did it two times, you know, uh, mm-hmm. OWC and then OWC, the second radio 2.0 or something, whatever it was called, you know, the interviews and stuff like that I did, I thought was really good content. And I can't use any of that stuff on any of, if I ever wanted to come back and do a best of shows, I don't own that content. Yeah. Although, if I went to Larry, the owner of OWC, and said, hey, I want to own these shows that you're not using ever, uh, he'd probably let me have them. Well, yeah, but that that's the, exactly the problem. You talked about Bill Willingham and the change of regime. If OWC ever changes hands, you, you're, your opportunity to do that is probably lost. Yeah, probably. Because the new guys will go, who the hell are you, and what's in it for us? Yep. <laughs> and maybe Larry wouldn't let it go. He'd be like, no, that's ours. Well, we ma- want to keep well, that Well, maybe, yeah, but that... At least, at least you're only discussing it with one person who knows you, rather than um, yeah, a board member. Not that anybody up. that's listened to this wants to go back and listen to those old shows or anything. <laughs> well, you use the term "best of." Um, I think we leave it to the audience to decide on, yeah, on that. You're, you're not wrong there, <laughs> um, but it, it, I'd like making my own content. I like the fact that we own this. This isn't something that. You know, somebody has to tell us what we can and can't say. 
we we don't have to bow to advertisers. We've had advertising in the past on TechFan, um, but they never once those those different advertisers. We only had a couple. OWC was one for a while. They never came and said, "Hey, you said this on the show, and you're using our, yeah. us as sponsors. We got a problem with this." Not not once. Maybe because you know in- they never listened to it and didn't know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe um, it's interesting you say that because a lot of the bigger podcasts I listen to, it's it's very clear that they are struggling for advertising. Yep. Some of them have have just come out and said we can't get advertisers. Rates have gone through the floor. We can't get advertisers. We can't get them to spend with us for as long. You know, and a lot of them are trying to uh, are starting to transition to membership models because they think that's the only way they can keep going i know some of them i would argue just need to maybe reduce themselves back from the large publishing hegemony they think they are into something that was more like what it was when they started but yeah um they all think they're going to become the next uh i don't know name a big podcast guy or girl for yeah. that matter. Oh, yeah. well, well some some of them have have organically grown into I'm, right so I'll, I'll be i'll be, i'm twit for instance yeah leo laporte's yep. network yeah he used to be very much all about the advertising and actually used to make me laugh because I would listen to his ad reads compared to other podcasts I listen to. And it's like five times as long. He would literally sometimes go five, six minutes on an ad read because yep. I skipped through on the, on my podcast player a minute at a time. And I, you know, so I knew how long these ad reads were. Um, they're now very much going to a membership model because they just can't get the ad rates anymore. Correct. But the thing is they have like 30 podcasts and a, and a big studio and staff and all that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, at some point, if he can't get the members he needs, then he's going to have to scale all that back and go back to... I mean, when he started that network, there was just him um, and, uh, you know, a couple of... A, a few people he knew, and he was running it all from a single office. You know, I mean, it can be done like that again. It could um, be. You yeah, know, and then it, there it are, depends then on there how are, much effort you're willing to put into it as well. Well, yeah, well that's the other thing as well. I, I think he's sometimes not literally, but um, sometimes he's phoning it in now. The number of times I listen to him, where he's host, and I'm using air quotes here, hosting a show, uh, and the the pundits he has on the show are talking about a topic for a few minutes, and he comes back and asks a question they've just talked about, and it made it perfectly clear he's been doing something else and not listening. Yep. Um, and at that point, I, I do find myself thinking, well, what are you there for? <laughs> you know, what, what value are you adding? Yeah. If, he got, he if got you're not listening to what so quickly that, yeah, you know, if you're not listening to what they say, then what value are you adding by being there? Yeah. You, so, you shouldn't right. even be there, bud. Um, let's jump into some geeky stuff here. Yep. Uh, Ahsoka just finished, uh, her yes. first season. And, you know, well, I was thinking about this as uh, I was getting ready to sit down and do the show with you today. Yeah. Other than Star Wars and Marvel, what's Disney got going on? Seriously. I, uh, well, they've got nothing of that scale. Nothing well, else of that scale. They have a lot of smaller shows that are independently successful. Um, but they've got they've got nothing of that scale. But to me, the, and... and I've been thinking about this a lot, having just finished watching Ahsoka and Loki's about to start. Um, it did start. And, you know, well, yeah, yeah. It's just started the first, the first episode, hasn't it? Um, the, I have to wonder at this point if actually the whole model, the, the Disney, the, the Marvel star Wars model is actually still working properly or not. Hmm. Because so, so let's talk about Ahsoka because it's hard to prejudge Loki because it's just started. Though I will come on to that in, in a little bit. But looking at Ahsoka, um, the way these shows are marketed as the next big Star Wars event is not what they actually are. And I think a lot of us were slightly perplexed when Ahsoka first started because you very quickly realised that actually it was just like a direct live action episode five of Rebels rather than being what it what it claimed to be and what it had been suggested to be which is kind of a, a new part of the star wars story um and as it went on it became more and more clear that so much was it a sequel to rebels and the clone wars that if you hadn't seen those shows you would be confused about a lot of what was going on um and very, it very really kind of lent into that and then it's ended on a big cliffhanger ending 
which is just like, well, well what happens next? Is there going to be another season of this? Is this leading into Dave Filoni's big movie where he brings this and the Mandalorian and Boba Fett all together? Um, and kind of, I, I obviously the, the Clone Wars was very much about, you know, filling in the gaps in the, um, in the prequel trilogy that George Lucas did a shocking job of doing. Um, and maybe Rebels and and this and The Mandalorian is about filling in the gaps between this and the First Order. If that's the way they're going, that's okay, I guess. Though, um, I don't... The problem is the more it goes on, the less interesting I find it. That's the issue. Um, and Ahsoka in particular, what, one thing that, that struck me every time I watch it, because I came into this having watched Rebels back-to-back all the way through to the end, and then we'll start which was a great series by the way which is it was a great series and and I'm, I'm still watching the clone wars and that's a great series but what always strikes me about the clone wars and rebels is those those shows were 25 minutes long and they packed so much story into those 25 minutes they always felt much longer than 25 minutes yeah you get to the end of it and you think wow they they got through a lot in that short period of time Ahsoka was the direct opposite of this. It was so flabby in places. And you just think, this is the same guy who could turn in, you know, really like world-changing events in 25 minutes. And we've just spent a long time watching not very much happen. Uh, and also as well, I found that, particularly towards the end, I, I mean, it, I thought the second half was better than the first half. I think the, the first episode was a little boring. And then after that, it was just really good. Yeah, but but I th- I thought I thought it became much more interesting when they were in the far galaxy rather than when they were in the uh, regular Star Wars galaxy. Um, but having said that, there was an awful lot of repetition. There was an awful lot of long desert shots. Those little bug people, the the tortoise people, um, seemed to take a lot of screen time up for for characters that didn't didn't really do anything. Um, yeah, that's you know, always and been Star Wars though. Yeah, going back and, to the and, originals. Yeah, I I know that, but um, yeah, there was the, the the stakes. Just I I just don't think they really grabbed the stakes. You know, they they really tried to bring Thrawn in as the uh, as what he was in Rebels, which was really kind of a scary guy, um, and uh, and I, I don't think they quite landed it with this, uh, and and it's it's immensely disappointing to not have any idea about what's happening with it next and the whole thing kind of being left all up in the air. Why is that? I I think that's part of the brilliance. What happens next? Well, Does it continue well, well, in the new Mandalorian well, season? Does yeah, it? But we don't, but the point is we don't know because every time um, one of these shows come out, we don't know what it's going to be. So I don't understand why um, that's a issue. Well, because, it, because if, if, they decide because of viewing figures not to renew Ahsoka for a second season. Then what Dave Filoni will do is he will shoehorn that plot into the Mandalorian, which will get another season. But the problem with that is we get less Mandalorian and more of something else. And that was a problem with the last season of the Mandalorian is it didn't have very much Mandalorian in it. Um, and, and that's the issue I have. And, and this is a structural issue with the fact that he's trying to weave all of this into, into the whole universe, but he's, he, you know, he's still, beholden to uh the streaming logic and also as well we have a guy at the head of um disney now who we know is not a big band not a big fan of streaming services in general and tv series in particular so um it worries me that actually what he's trying to pull off he hasn't got the executive support to do and it will undermine the whole enterprise um by by basically saying well if he wants to get the story to where he wants it to be he's got to shoehorn it into whatever he's allowed to make hmm i don't know and, and I, 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 I i i don't I, see the I find negative that, here honestly well i, well, I do I, I if i if, if we're only going to get uh, if we're going to get another eight episodes of the mandalorian i really want it to be all about the mandalorian i don't want to have two episodes of ahsoka uh you know because I, I i want the point about the man the best episode best season of the mandalorian was the first one when it was all about the mandalorian and and baby yoda and baby yeah, yeah exactly but he's part of the part of the law now that well that that's another point i wanted to make as well uh, and i'm going to come on to loki now and uh, i've not seen 
all of the first episode of Loki yet, so I'm not going to go too far into what season two of Loki might be. But to me, the reason that, unlike some of the other uh, series we've seen from Marvel on, on the streaming services, the reason that Loki really works is because, first of all, they had a they had a really great idea uh, and they they really depicted that universe very well be interested to see now that you're not discovering all about the tva and what it is and everything whether loki season two is as interesting but tom hiddleston effectively created that character from scratch um and whereas in the star wars side these are those characters are all apart from the mandalorian and maybe and grogu many of these characters are not new they are characters who we've seen before in other iterations and and to me as great as the actors are who play them they lose something by the fact that these are characters that the actor can't create from scratch so ahsoka rosaria dilson was great as ahsoka but she could not she had to base it off what had gone before she couldn't create a new interpretation whereas tom hiddleston created loki from scratch because when they reset when they start with the mcu the rules were where you know you can start with the basics of the character but then you can do what you want and and he created something really quite quite interesting with loki um and that i think that really elevated that show that first season of the show because he really has that is his character and he can he knows how to play it and how to how the character responds to the situations it's put in Whereas I think with some of the Star Wars stuff, if they're not original characters, you're always looking back to what they were before. And I think it constrains the performances and it constrains the storytelling. Hmm. Yeah, it's not like there was 60 years worth of comics that... I know, but the comics are... The the, the comics are a starting point, but they are not pure characterizations, right? The... Look, what are you talking else? about? No, Robert, <laughs> yes, they are. You look at you look at Robert Downey. You look at Robert Jan, Downey Jr. as Tony right. Stark. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a riff on what gone in the comics, but it was completely it was a complete restart. It wasn't you know he, he didn't just pick one and go right. I'm going to be like him. Yeah, he mixed it all up and then he created his own performance for the live action. Well, sure. And, Rosario Dawson yeah. did the same. The the character uh, of Ahsoka in the live stuff is very different than the teenager she is in um yeah, what's but a pretty, the, yep. but 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 yeah but look at this season of Ahsoka the writing is immediately harking back to the stuff she did in the Clone Wars and the yeah. stuff she did in Rebels right and? it's a con it's a constraint yeah it's an artificial constraint I, 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 me, I think you're out of your mind here because the stuff that they're doing in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is all of that is constrained by the universe that they're in. Same thing with Loki; it's all what you yeah. do with it. I think they did but a it's... great job in the Mandalorian. I don't think any of those actors uh, were subpar. No, um, I, I, I'm not. That's exactly the point. I'm, I'm. That's exactly the point. I'm not trying to make. Right. The point I am trying to make is when you start with new characters, you can do more interesting things. Well, yeah. Than when well, you start with I, established I characters, we're right. So I don't, you know, I don't understand I mean, your look point. At, look at look at look at Thrawn in in Ahsoka. What does he do in this? He basically just walks around with his hands behind his back, looks at maps, and says, "Go here, do this, go do that." There was no threat to that character whatsoever. Yeah? Except he won. Well, yeah, but yeah, but he, he <laughs> they almost won by default. There was no threat. I mean, he said, "Oh, you've been an interesting adversary at the end," and you, you kind of think, really. You know, I mean, Thrawn is Thrawn was terrifying in Rebels because you never knew what he was going to do in this. He just basically did nothing. Uh, and I think that's because the writing they'd done was constrained by the fact, oh, Thrawn went, got lost. Thrawn's got to come back. Yeah. They showed Thrawn basically just sat there waiting for somebody to bring him back rather than the, the Thrawn, I would imagine, would be the one who'd be desperately exploiting all the resources of where he ended up to get back to to the empire to me the throne i th- i think of would have been the one who would have taken those three witches would have put the thumb screws on them and made them use their magic to get him back instead of partnering with them in the way that he did it was all very tame and i think it was all very tame because um they're constrained by all the storytelling that's that set everything up whereas if you start with new characters you can start with a clean slate and then you can do something very different if you choose to. 
Uh, you lost me there. I, I... No, well, I, I, all I'm saying is the first season of Loki was really, really good. Yep. And I think that was because of the lack of constraints it had on it. Because the, cho- the choices they made basically wiped the slate. They even literally excised it from the rest of the MCU. They took a Loki from a different time so they could get rid of uh, some of his continuity. Right. And they basically said, right, OK, and now we're starting something new with new new situation. This is how your character, you know, you do what you think your character needs to do in this situation. And that first season was brilliant because we knew we never knew whether he was on the level, whether he kind of, you know, found his ennoblement or whether, in fact, he was he was constantly working another angle. Yeah, we, we, we never knew whether he was being honest with people or dishonest with people. He was in an environment where um you know, you could make all sorts of changes all the time and they would have all sorts of unexpected consequences. And then we discovered all of that along the journey with him at the same time as an actor who who's playing the character inside out. And because he's always only ever played that character, knows that character's reactions inside out. And to me, all of those things are what made the first season of Loki good. And I compare that against um, what Ahsoka did and I think, well, you know, that really is a pale imitation. And I wonder if the continuity that's come before is the reason that's a pale imitation. To take another example, let's look at Andor. Andor is exactly the same. Andor was amazing. And that was because we had a, a character. We know where he's going to end up. But how he gets there is a blank slate. And they were able to create something really incredible by showing his journey because he wasn't weighed down with a whole load of previous continuity that he had to he had to play with and again Andor was a a new character creation when he was first established and you know we we see that character at the end you know he wasn't he wasn't nobody could he wasn't there wasn't a whole load of, of legacy baggage i don't know you you you're running around in circles and and making contradictions but that's okay uh, it makes sense in your head and that's how it matters um, I think the new season of Loki nothing, seems like nothing. it's going to be uh, brilliant. The first episode is so good. It literally, literally picks up minutes after the last season ended. Yeah. And I was hoping they were going to do that because it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, my God, what happens next? Yeah. And they pick right up. And the tone, the the feel, uh, the acting, it, it's right there. It's exactly where I was hoping for. And now a new adventure begins. But is it a new adventure or is it just a continuation of the last one? And it feels more like a continuation of the last one because it's all about he who is left behind or whatever the hell it's called. Um, Which, you know, if you want to step out and go, well, that actor, I don't know. I don't care. Well, that's that's an interesting dilemma. Uh, It is, but it's one I don't uh, really care about because it's easily solved. Well, what by just recasting him? Yep, if they have to. I mean, I guess, I guess so. Um, and I, I guess within certainly within the bounds of Loki, it's easy to do that to make him make him look like somebody different. Yeah, there was a female um, Loki. I mean, yeah. How, yeah, how difficult you, could that you know, be? Though? Yeah, I, it's a tough one because obviously the the allegations against Jonathan Majors are hanging up in the air. Um, and it, it's tough to know what to do until they resolve one way or the other. I'm very struck by what happened with Justin Roiland, who was the one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty, who had similar allegations made against him and was basically booted off everything he worked on, including Rick and Morty. Uh, and lo and behold, then it then finds the case collapses and he's been found not guilty of anything. Um, and yet he's lost his career and his create access to his creation over the reaction they had. So I think Disney does need to play this one carefully because it's not cut and dry that the allegations made against Jonathan Majors are going to hold up. Hmm. You know, and there, and we do That's have a tough a, one. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. That and we do have a you know we do have a an we should have an idea of innocent until proven guilty. Really, mm-hmm. but it's difficult when those when those charges take a year 18 months to come to court and in the meantime you're trying to maintain a universe and he's a particular linchpin because he's he's basically the big bad for the whole of this phase of the marvel universe yeah it's a difficult i mean i don't know where you come down on that as a company you, you have to assume you know well this is just an allegation that nothing's been proven yet but 
you do have to be sensitive to people who come out and say, hey, wait a minute, this guy's been accused of this, that, and the other. How can you be promoting him? I mean, yeah. it's it's not... <laughs> and and this is the way it's been for people. Oh, well, that's woke culture. No, it's always been that way. No, it's no. Well, well, the only difference now is is traditionally in the past, these allegations would be ignored until somebody was proven guilty. Um, but the problem is that in itself often meant that allegations were not made because people felt that, uh, you know, women felt there was no opportunity for them to have their voice heard. They would always be ignored. Yep. And so that's that's the, the backdrop of this, is that now people are taking these allegations much more seriously, as they should, but you've got to balance the rights of the accused and the accuser. Yep. Yeah. You also have to look at if it's if it's just because of what somebody said, what was the meaning behind it? Um, yep. You know, you can go all the way back to, I think it was Howard Cosell, where he said, look at that monkey run or something like that. And the black community was like, what the hell did he just say? Now, he didn't mean it in, it, in racial undertones. Even Muhammad Ali came out and defended him against it. Yeah. But if that was today, would the reaction be the same from the company? Because the company came out and condemned it and they made him apologize. And he did. And I and actually, I believe he didn't mean it that way i i yeah you know i just watched this whole youtube thing about it um i i don't think he meant it the way it came across but the, pro- is the problem is is even if you don't mean it other people can amplify your words and use it to mm-hmm. make you make that to support their way of thinking it which is wrong yeah that's the issue but you know you you compare that to what someone says when they don't mean it in a negative compared to say um a political figure who literally lies, literally lies. Yes. That's easily disproven. And yet the news media still gives this person all the opportunity in the world to get in front of cameras and lie. Um, and that person is being believed by his base. It's like, well, it's not true though. It doesn't matter. That's, that's kind of the problem for some people. It doesn't seem to matter whether they're telling the truth or not. And for others, they seem to be held at a much higher standard and yeah, that's just that's where the problem yeah than just lying. Yeah. exactly you know and yeah. that's that's where my problem comes in yeah. um but getting back to loki so far so good we'll see I, i've got confidence in the series let me put it that way yeah i, I don't know who who's the showrunner on loki um i don't know and i don't the, care yeah. um well, we should do because sometimes it's the showrunner that makes the difference it's how they interact with the rest of the company right but i don't know and i don't care means you know as far as my enjoyment in the show i don't want it colored by oh this guy did this and that was a shit show so move my confidence is low fair enough you know everybody the best directors out there have made shit movies before nobody goes into any project thinking uh i'm gonna half-ass this one i don't really care and you know no nobody does that everybody that works on those shows from the grips to the actors to the directors to the producers to the studios, all want it to be great and all want it to be s- successful. Nobody goes in to make these things shit. Nobody. So let me ask you a question now. Uh, I'm very interested in your response to this. Obviously, this has just come out. We had Secret Invasion in the summer. Are you at the, this point? Are you more excited about the TV shows that come out from these properties than the movies? No, because we've got the Marvels coming up. Yeah, no, I'm still more excited about the movies. Um, yeah. And with some properties, and you were kind of alluding to this earlier in a roundabout way, um, in some instances, I think longer form, i.e. television, does a disservice to the character because the character just isn't that deep. We don't need so many episodes of a character. Like, Osoka isn't that deep of a character, right? I, I, I think, yeah, the, the series definitely suffered from padding. Yes, because there's just not enough there there to make it all that interesting. Um, wherein and Ant Ant Man is a good example of this. Um, I don't think his character is deep enough to support anything longer than a movie or yeah. a guest appearance for some nifty quips uh, in another movie. But I, I don't want to see an Ant Man series. I don't think it would be very well done. I think it would be boring. We'd get way too much of his daughter um the characters that are not very interesting um so when it comes to the movies it depends in the television so it really depends on the character itself would chris evans as captain america in 
12 episodes of Captain America, you know, retirement age be good on Disney Plus? Probably not, but by the same token, he's such a interesting character and actor, maybe, but I think I that some are better in short form. I I'll pay for pay good money to see Captain America grumpy grumpy pensioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, as a sitcom. That's right. <laughs> That would be very. Um, that would be funny, but <laughs> I, you know, it. It. I still think that the movies are more interesting because, and you made this comparison with uh, the uh, Rebels. They pack so much into Rebels each episode that it made it feel more exciting. They stretch it out to an hour, and they give you six episodes of it or eight episodes of it. Now it's you know twelve to sixteen hours worth of content. It's not as interesting because they're not yeah. going bam, 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 hitting you over the head with quick character. This is what he's about. Go. Um, yeah. You have to keep it more interesting in animation in 22 minutes. I think the same thing basically holds true in a movie. You got two hours. Here's the beginning, middle, and end. Go. And you have to make it work. You, you can't spend an episode and a half on Tony Stark's drinking problem before yeah. he faces Chikala. Chikala, no. I'm mispronouncing his name. Anyways, in Captain America Civil War. <laughs> T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if that was a TV show, when when the Winter Soldier escapes the prison, right? Yeah. And he jumps down the stairs and he beats up Tony Stark and he gets out of there. It would have been 20 minutes with the Black Widow and Tony Stark in the diner or in the whatever yeah. talking I, I don't need to see that yeah I, I mean it's interesting because you get that balance wrong and then we complain that the characters are too um, you know there's not enough motivation we don't get enough emotional development but you get it overly wrong and it's the, they're too talky yeah you know, it's, uh, it's like oh my god this is boring and that was know, a, yeah. that was the problem with the first episode of Ahsoka it was too boring yeah, and well, she comes across as too mysterious. I think, like she knows something that nobody else yeah. knows, but that's not proven out by the story. No, and and also as well, I I felt, I mean, they completely glossed over the whole uh, her and Sabine, you know, master and apprentice routine. Uh, you know, it was it was well, that, ancient history by the time the show started. Right, and Cole and I were like, how is she? A, when did Sabine exactly. become a Jedi? And I see, I I. I felt they should have at least given an episode and a half to that before they moved into the main story because I think that would have bolstered the whole thing a lot more. I agree I with know, that. I know that, I mean, look, we know that particularly in the early years of the Clone Wars, Dave Filoni loved to do that. He'd love to basically have a voiceover that told you what was going to happen, you know, the situation he was putting the characters in this week, and you got none of the backstory of that. They were just there. You know, it was always, um, Anakin Skywalker must rescue the whatever. You know, and, and that was the setup for that. And you didn't get to see anything that went into that. It was just, and, and that that's where we start the story from. Yeah, two sentences, um, go. Exactly. And, it, and it, was, now, it was a better show for it. Yeah, but they tried to do that with Ahsoka with the with the uh, master apprenticing between um, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine, and it didn't work really because we didn't. We anybody knew anything about the characters previously thought, well, you know, that's that, nobody really saw that coming at all. And and of course, then we have the traditional thing where she's not connected to the Force except when she needs to be at the end of the at the finale. When all of a sudden she's as Jedi as anybody else, she's able to throw people around and summon the lightsabers. And it's like you know, I'm thinking about well, hang on a minute, it wasn't about an hour and a half ago she couldn't move a teacup. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it was just like, and we just get a one. Oh, I've been keeping up on my training. Oh, she's been keeping up on her training when she was captured by Thrawn and thrown in a prison cell, uh, and then did a what appeared to be a ten minute journey to a different galaxy. <laughs> But she all of a sudden she trained herself up to be full Jedi. Um, there was yeah, and again you just kind of it kind of annoys you that because when you've had to watch eight hours of a show where the pacing has been all over the place, you think, well, you had all that flabby crap you could have cut and you could have addressed this properly. I do wonder sometimes with these shows whether they're made as a continuous block and then they decide on the episode cuts later. I think they do, and, and, and they and have I, to pad I, it. Yeah, and I think that I think it would be far better if they wrote them as eight individual episodes. Yeah, you could the tell story the story inside each one. Yeah, you could tell the better. ones that 
are planned out and then they make the series that long and yeah. you could tell the ones that are planned out and they go okay now we need eight episodes and they're like oh shit yeah. we don't have eight episodes we've got yeah. five episodes well we need three episodes worth of padding in these other and, and you could totally see that's where the studio interference comes in yeah. um with ahsoka there are definitely some flabby moments and quite honestly when I saw the previews, the one I was least excited to see was Sabine. Mm-hmm. But yet, she was kind of interesting in there. The one I was yeah. most excited to see was Ahsoka. And she was kind of boring in the entire thing. Yeah. Um, you, what's sad is the Ray Stevenson, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, the the guy, Batty. Um, yeah. They leave him Lord alive Bailey. at the end, and he died in yeah. real life. Um, yeah. And you know he's he was all over. He was uh, in Thor. <laughs> you know yeah. he, he was he's a big actor. Uh, he was really good in this as well. He I was mean, I, I, he was the one character that every time he was on the screen, I wanted to see so much more of. Is he yeah. struggling? He's really not a bad guy, but he is. Um, he was found himself wandering after the Jedi Order is destroyed, and he kind of goes this path because there's nothing else there. Because he kind of says that, but yet, yeah, there's something there behind his eyes. You can see it. Um, he he doesn't really go all out to kill anybody, the Jedi, anyways. Uh, he does the honorable thing and doesn't let you know uh, Sabine get killed. He lives up to his word, which is not at all like a Sith. Is he a Sith? I. There's so many questions about that character and his look. Yeah, I thought he was great, and not to see any more of him is kind of depressing. I don't know if anybody could step into that role and do it as well as he did. Yeah, I I don't know either, but he was really good. I read an article where somebody said he should have been like the Ned Stark of uh, this show, where had they made better use of him, where effectively you know he's trying to be even though he's not a Jedi anymore and, and even though he's a mercenary and doing what he's paid to do, he's still trying to uphold decent the morals Jedi and, con- and, yeah. and constantly finding it difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately, you know, suffering for, for his faith in, in morality. Uh, and that, yeah, that would have been a more interesting character. And obviously, you know, I, th- guy, I kind of feel that, that that's could, what they were setting him up to do for the next, wherever he appears, but yeah. we're not going to get that now. No, and that's no not, that's no fault of the writers. Don't get me wrong, but there well, was enough time. Unless, unless they murdered him, but I don't think they did. No, they just left him on the planet. Uh, yeah, well, on the other side of the galaxy. It's like yeah, okay, they left um, everyone there. I they, which so, I find interesting as well. Interesting, but you know what? There's still an inherent problem with all of this is that we know by the time we get to the first order and and Ray. That there's no Jedi I just, left. I just want them to get rid of that entire timeline. Well, I, I, don't I want wish they anything. would, yeah, because it's, it's gone. Because at the moment, you just kind of think, well, Order 66 and then the whole Empire and everything, and then Luke was the last Jedi, except it turns out there were a lot of Jedi knocking yeah, around. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of and them. It, and even the guys who aren't Jedi are kind of like Jedi. They just, you know, have a. They, yeah, they have all the same powers. They just don't have the same. And there's a bunch of guys compass. that are basically Sith, Darth Vader guys, but they're exactly. Not. And you just think, how did it come down to Luke thinking there were no Jedi left? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then why did it take so long for him to get with Grogu, which is what five years after Empire or uh, well, Return yeah, of the Jedi? I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's meant to be about five uh, years contemporaneous with this because they mentioned the um, Battle of Mandalore from Mandalore Season 3, Mandalorian yeah. Season 3 in this. So it's meant to be at the same time. So, um, yeah, all of this is going on at the time that Luke's been th- spending the last, well, at least 18 to 20 years because of Ben Solo, thinking there are no Jedi left. And when he tried to train them, they went evil. Yeah. You yeah. I, it, so. That's the one issue that I have. They need to get rid of that entire timeline. Exactly. Because even when... Um, because uh, obviously Ahsoka and Luke have now met. Yeah, <laughs> and, and apparently Luke did not say, "Well, you would have been kind of useful when I was trying to train all that Jedi." Where the hell are you? <laughs> or when I was fighting my dad? Exactly. W- where yeah. were you at that point? You know. Were you hiding? What was going on? Well, maybe she because was in that, you knew who she, Darth Vader was. Maybe she was. was in that weird space corridor place that's still never been explained. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got to admit the whole 
mystical arc of of her going to the world between worlds and meeting Anakin and everything. I'm watching that and thinking, well, this is all very interesting. I don't understand what's happening here. Um, yeah, that that it, that was it a weak did little point. for me. Yeah. I was glad that for them to bring in Christian Haydenson again. Yeah, but Hayden Christensen. Hayden, yeah, I got that screwed up. Um, doesn't really matter. He screwed it up as yeah. much as he screwed People up are, the part. Yeah, the guys like the fans are like, "Yay, he's back!" I can't believe he'd do it. Really, because he was so freaking busy. <laughs> what the hell was he doing? <laughs> yeah. He had like one movie after all this was done with, and he effectively was out of acting from what I can see. Or he was doing some, I don't know, WB stuff. I don't know. I I, I haven't heard from him at all since. So for them to get him back, um, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone he, loved him he when he was here the first was, time. Yeah, he probably was willing to pay them to do the part again. Um, I, what was the point? That That was the one thing I had a problem with. What was the point of that reunion other than... Ooh, look, you get to see the live actors in these roles, and he gets color snips. And ooh, uh, other than that, what was the point? He didn't teach it her was, anything. It well, it was meant. Yeah, it was meant to be a commentary on the fact that she was uh, a Padawan brought up as a warrior rather than as a Jedi. But I, I don't, I didn't really understand what it was meant to be telling us. Yeah, and she didn't seem to. Get she didn't much grow or change anything. Yeah. Apart from the fact that it saved her life because she'd fallen off the cliff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I find myself thinking, if you know, because this is the second time she's been there, because in Rebels, uh, Ezra state saved her life when she was fighting Darth Vader in the temple by pulling Earth into that place. Yep. Right? So if I were ever time stuck anywhere, I'd kind of start feeling around for a portal, going, <laughs> you know, going, I, need to, I need to use that as the shortcut. Um, and actually, again, you want to make Ahsoka more interesting and give her the facility to go there whenever she wants and jump into places where she's needed to be, you know, kind of like a kind of like a um, a Star Wars version of, uh, of of the Hulk, you know, where they always end up in the right place to use their powers for good. That's a more interesting thing for me. You know, the you know, woman just- who uh, plays. Um, I don't remember her name. Because I'm getting old and I can't remember characters' names now. She was in. Um, she she fought Ahsoka twice now. The one in the Mandalorian season. Oh yeah, the, the, uh, uh, Morgan Elspeth. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the granddaughter of Bruce Lee. Yeah. 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 Could you believe that? You thought, I was like, holy you crap! She, you, you thought she could fight better than? I saw her in a picture. She's holding these uh, batons like she's getting ready to fight. But her hair was down and stuff, and I was like, "Whoa, she's way prettier that way than what they've been portraying in the show with her hair yep. pulled back in a bun, and she looks but a lot ag- older." But again, I I just find myself thinking, like, you know, at that point in the show, she's been turned into a full-on Dathomir witch, right? The same as the other three, as a reward, right? At that point, I look at the four of them, and I think, "Why are you listening to that stuffy blue bag in the white suit? Take the ship over. You take it to Dathomir. You don't need him." Yeah, well, do some green lighting out your fingers and basically run that place. What yeah. on earth are you servicing Thrawn for? Yeah, because he is a brilliant tactician. The thing with Thrawn is, I I actually did not like him in Rebels at all. I I thought no. that it wasn't very well done. Thrawn, the best version of Thrawn was in the Timothy Zahn three book yeah. series. Well, that's where again going back to my the- my theory, that's where he was created on the blank slate. Yeah, they were able to do wonderful things with it. Well, but they did, they did like you read that series, yes? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, the mad cloned Jedi Master that Luke senses yep. and goes for that was actually supposed to be Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. It was a clone of Obi Wan, and mm-hmm. that that. To me, that lends way more weight instead of Korriboth or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. Um, if it was Obi-Wan, it makes a lot more sense. Even though it's a clone, and Luke knows it's a clone, um, and he's insane, he's still trying to save him. Yeah. That was a much more interesting story, but Lucas himself said, no, you can't make it Obi-Wan. He's dead. Um, we don't want to do that. So that's when he changed it. Unfortunately, um, but Thrawn in that series did exactly what you didn't like in the series. He sits there and looks at maps and says, you go there, you go there. And then he wins because he's such a brilliant tactician. He's not super powerful or anything. He's no, just I, I understand four steps that, ahead ha- of everybody. 
I just I just didn't well that was the problem in Ahsoka I just didn't feel he was four steps ahead of everybody <laughs> but he was like, though he you know, won he wasn't really you know that's a sucky plan to get the space which is to make somebody dream and build a spaceship to come and get you and it takes years and years and years that's a sucky plan well, you know she's got for for start he's he's in he's in a whole new galaxy right i'd go screw the empire i've got a star destroyer i'm in a whole new galaxy guess what i'm the empire over here yeah i'm, taking I'm the over emperor everything. yeah exactly i'm gonna give you some know, of my instead just hang around the same planet here's my biggest the- problem knowing thrawn and who he is and his whole thing about discipline and all that why were the stormtroopers in dirty armor all the time with spray paint on their face what the hell was that about i that's that was my biggest gripe i'm like no way Thrawn would allow these guys to look all grubby like this. And, yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to send these stormtroopers in. They're going to die, but then you get to resurrect them and then other dark troopers. That's also not Thrawn because he actually did care about his people. So I, had, yep. those are two things that I had a problem with with the whole series um, because that yeah, was I, out of character for Thrawn. I, I, as I say, I, you know, first of all, Bridger bailed twice so bridger was on the bridge with thrawn when they got sent to that other galaxy right how the hell did and he apparently after apparently after that he just bailed he yeah. said he said i'm done yeah yep. i'm just gonna sit around and hope somebody comes to get me but i'm done and then what does he do in this he's he knows thrawn is the big threat he's on his ship when it goes back to the uh star wars galaxy and what does he do does he go oh well maybe i can disable it on the way and blow it up and escape or something like that oh no what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put some armor on i'm gonna steal a shuttle i'm gonna bugger off and leave them yeah the biggest threat to the character so just so i can go back and go hey guys it's me i'm home oh where are the people that went and gotcha oh i don't they i left them behind yeah oh they got left behind yeah totally my bad yeah i thought the whole point of him leaving them behind was so he could stop thrawn and then he (laughs) Exactly. From from what I could see, he didn't even try. No, he just said. He just, just said, said I'm, yeah. "I'm going home." <laughs> Thanks for the noise. ride. See you later. See you later, Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of an issue. It's like, oh, we get to have the big reunion. He made it back, but he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Can you imagine the conversation when they go, "Well, uh, how did he get back?" And he goes, "Well, Ahsoka and Sabine went and found me, and they." got me on Thrawn's ship and I should <laughs> ride back with Thrawn. All oh, right, so you totally took care of Thrawn on the way, right? Uh no, I just no. came here. No. Yeah. What well, so basically what, what so Sabine? Sabine sacrificed well, she, themselves. So she jumped over back. with me, but then she decided she wanted to go back and help Ahsoka, but I was like, screw that because the mission first. Oh, so <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't actually do that. <laughs> the mission the mission first is to get home and feed my Lothar cat because right. Yeah, because I've been away for 20 years. Yeah, is it still alive? Where's my cat? <laughs> Cats don't live that long, do they? <laughs> oh, no, um, actually, I, we forget from Rebels. <laughs> Ezra is much more a dog person. That, that is true. <laughs> um, yeah, it there was... There, oh, and they dear. just don't even talk about it. <laughs> and they're not it even upset. Just... They're like, okay, we got him home. Yeah, but we're stuck here. <laughs> I wonder if he's okay. He made it. Smiles. He made that it. That bastard. Yeah. He just left us. <laughs> yeah. What a dick. And he didn't even do the mission. He didn't even do the mission. Now he's got a new mission. He's got to come get us. Wasn't that the mission before? <laughs> so, hey, guys, you forgot me back here. You going to come get me now? We so, want to fight so, the Empire. Yeah. Ahsoka, was, was, I actually enjoyed watching it, but plot holes you could... I have a Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of always the case with shows like this. And movies. I mean, how many times in the movies do you go, well, if this one character would have just done this, none of this crap would have happened. And it was obvious that that's what they should do at that time. Yeah. And they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of plot holes, that's the end of this episode. Um, plot holes. That's the name of this uh, episode, by the way. Plot holes you could drive a Star Destroyer. Through. Yeah. Um. We'll be back week, maybe two weeks, I don't know, with a Tech Fan. It's getting that time of the year where there's less activities to do outside, so more time for podcasting. Um, <laughs> we've been taking like a week off every month for a while now, and, you know, it's usually health reasons or 
like I told David, I got my sixth COVID booster shot Friday. So today's Sunday as we record this, so I'm fine. But Friday night, I was not. I slept not very well. I was turning and tossing. I was hot, sweaty, and then I was freezing cold. Um, but hey, COVID booster, I'm yeah. all for it. Um, but you know, those, uh, the health things that happens to everybody. It's especially when you get to David and, and my age, it's more common that either us or family members aren't feeling good. And it's kind of hard to put all that aside and record for an hour and talking yep. about tech or geeky stuff. Right. It, it is indeed, but, but um, we will try to be back next week with a tech fan, unless David's going on another cruise. Um, no, no cruises for a while. <laughs> no cruises for a while. Yeah. Um, I will see you next week, David. See you then.